What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. everybody and welcome to Monday Super Bowl morning after happy to have you with us he is Tinder Lake Greg Ehrenberg I am Adam Kaufman this is the NBA strategy show and obviously lots of hoops to get into and we want to you know get in all your questions we welcome them in the Osmo premium slack channel also of course the YouTube channel we got both those open we will monitor both but man what you think of that game last night buddy yeah, I mean, not like we haven't been talking to each other about it for the last 15 minutes before the show started or anything. But, yeah, I mean, but it's, now people can hear us <laughs> other than obviously producer Jordan. Yeah, I mean, in general, it sucked, right? I, it was like a the, terrible game. Like, I mean, I mean, if if you were either a fan of Tom Brady or a fan of the Bucs, I guess you took some enjoyment out of the game. But by and large, this is the worst playoffs I could ever remember. The games mostly sucked. There was maybe like two or three competitive games. There wasn't very many nail biters. There wasn't a whole lot of drama or anything like that. Uh, I think the game last night, it just kind of was what it was. We... Maybe, I think we all thought there was a chance Chiefs get back into the game in the second half. Then it became pretty clear that wasn't going to be the case. At least people aren't complaining about the refs anymore. I mean, to an extent, people were still like, oh, those calls sucked from the first half yesterday. And yeah, they weren't ideal, but at the same, at the same time, it had zero impact on the game. Like, what was the difference? The Bucs would have only won by 20 points or something like that. You know, it was right. it was not a competitive game. And that was kind of the theme of the entire playoffs is that most most of the games were won by like two plus scores. I saw a stat on Twitter this morning that Patrick Mahomes ran for 500 yards last night sideways. That was how much he was just getting chased around outside of the pocket, scrambling, trying to find any help at all. And, you know, people probably know first game, never mind the playoffs, first game in Patrick Mahomes' career that he's been held without a touchdown. So it was just a, a bizarre game. But, yeah, Tom Brady, ring number seven, the Bucks get it done. And, obviously, it is on to – Full speed NBA, NHL, PGA, UFC, baseball right around the corner. And now it's going to be months before we're really diving in like crazy to NFL again. But uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts on last night's Super Bowl, we recognize that it is uh, a popular topic today. Feel free. We probably have our uh, our opinions on that as well. But let's get in here because we do have a not a huge NBA slate. You got about half the league in action, eight games with uh, the one at seven Eastern, and then everything else starts at eight and thereafter. Any big picture thoughts just on this slate before we go game by game? Uh, no, I mean, nothing, nothing like overwhelming where it's sure. uh, hopefully there's no blowouts in the NBA slate today. We, we're coming off a blowout Super Bowl game. There's been mm-hmm. a whole lot of blowouts in the NBA as of late. There's only one game with a double-digit spread today. That's the Lakers at home playing against the Thunder. So hopefully we get relatively competitive games, and uh, that would that would be cool because there's been a, a lot of basketball slates where it's been like, ah, well, three of the whatever six games on the slate end up being decided by 15 or more points. So let's get some, com- some competitive basketball games, and uh, maybe my words here will totally motivate the underdog teams to, to play well today. 
I have no doubt those coaches are listening. <laughs> At least somebody from the staff. Maybe on down to the video guy, but someone is listening. They're going to filter that right up to the big guys and, and motivate all the players in the locker room like something out of Ted Lasso. It's going to be terrific. Um, you know, the uh, the projections, obviously, from our own Osmo, Alex Baker, are updated. You can check them out on the Osmo uh, webpage and make sure you log in. Be part of the Osmo Plus tools there there are just a a great number of them that will help you build your lineups and uh, excellent advice you can find out obviously not only player projections for points but ownership boom bust tool fantasy cruncher and lineup builder and all the different stuff that we talk about all the time so we do recommend you subscribe get a membership and we'll tell you more about that in a little while top plays at least in terms of the projections right now as things stand and as we know it's very early in the day and so things will evolve stars will be ruled out they always are especially here in this very uncertain pandemic year that will have uh, you know great value plays will emerge but as things sit at the moment Luka Doncic you would say is uh, probably in the best spot tonight or one of and certainly is uh, one of the more expensive guys as well you got to pay all the way up for him Nick Jokic is uh, not as ideal, but again, projected for a big night. LeBron James, especially with Anthony Davis, not expected to go. You have Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Russell Westbrook, Zach Levine, who's coming off a couple of good games. So you've got some big names that are available. Who do you like best? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of guys to like on this slate. Right now, it looks like my priorities are going to be Luka Doncic, Um just, I mean, favorable matchup against Timberwolves. He's playing really well after a little bit of a slow start to the season. Uh, even though he is the most expensive player on this, or among the most expensive players on the slate, it's still not where we saw him priced for a lot of last year, where he was a guy who was nearly 12000 for a lot of the season. So given how he's playing now, also the Mavericks off to a not-so-great start. They're in a situation where they really need to start winning games. And we've seen Luca's minutes be way up in recent games as a result of this. He's played 38 minutes in three of the last four games. The only game he failed to reach the mark was a blowout loss to the Warriors. Other than that, they're trying to get wins on the board. So they're playing him big minutes. So he's a priority for me. Uh, LeBron, like you mentioned, him without Anthony Davis, somebody else I want to get to a lot. And then Bradley Beal, because we have Russell Westbrook expected to rest today, tail end of a back-to-back. They've been cautious with him in those kind of situations. So I'm assuming Russell Westbrook does not play. And as long as that's the case, Bradley Beal is going to have to do everything for the Wizards. Not that that's all that much different from usual, except he's also priced pretty far down on DraftKings, actually 9000 So a little bit better of a play for him on DraftKings than Fandle. But those are the three guys that I like the most of, of that top tier. We'll go game by game in a minute. We will start off with Houston and Charlotte. But first, want to remind you that uh, we are very happy to have our sponsor, No House Advantage, here for this program, which is taking a a, uh, different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across not only the NBA, but MLB, NFL, PGA, all for cash prizes, folks. This exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional DFS sites. Best part, you can join for free today. Very easy. For free today, just download the, the No House Advantage app, sign up using promo code OSMO, get $25 in free play without having to deposit even a single dime. Again, free, easy enough for you to understand. Beat your friends, not the house, win big with player props today. And as always, we encourage you, especially if you are watching with us here on YouTube in real time or even after the fact, Smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Up over 50,000 subscribers for the Osmo YouTube page. Do hit the like. Hit the subscribe button. It is greatly appreciated. So, 
as I was saying, Houston and Charlotte, first of the eight games that we are going to cover here. Top plays right there at the top of the heap on the Houston side. You have got DeMarcus Cousins. You also have uh, Eric Gordon, who is, uh, you know, a little bit cheaper, 1100 bucks cheaper on DraftKings. Anyhow, 7100 as compared to 6K. You have uh, some options on the Charlotte side, certainly with uh, the likes of P.J. Washington. LaMelo Ball is maybe not in as great a spot. Same for Gordon Hayward on the Houston side, John Wall. So uh, just starting with Houston, Cousins, Wall, Gordon, guys like that. Who do you really like? Yeah, so DeMarcus Cousins, right off the bat, is going to be my highest-owned play on FanDuel. He's somebody I'm going to get to a ton. Only priced at 6000 He's been priced up a little bit on DK at 7100 He's a good play on both sites. However, on FanDuel, he's nearly impossible to stay away from, in my opinion. Uh, of the center options, I think you absolutely have to have him in cash games on FanDuel. And in tournaments, he's going to be my most rostered center as well. Uh, Christian Wood is out, and DeMarcus Cousins, when he started in place of Christian Wood so far this year, I mean, he's pretty much crushed every single time. Last game was actually his worst start so far. He scored 35 fantasy points, which still, if, you, if that's a floor game for him as a starter, 35 fantasy at 35 fantasy points at a 6,000 price tag. I, I mean, the, the price just isn't correct because DeMarcus Cousins, his points per minute production is about as good as we've ever seen at any point during his career. And now, even though he isn't quite the same player from a real life basketball standpoint, the fantasy production is still there. So DeMarcus Cousins as a starter this year, he is averaging over, uh, let's see, where's the number? He, he's averaging over 40 fantasy points, nearly 45 fantasy points as the starting center for Houston this season. That's even with him playing one start where he had reduced minutes. So now DeMarcus Cousins, as long as he avoids foul trouble, as long as the game's competitive, he's going to be playing somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 32 minutes, averaging nearly uh, one and a half fantasy points per minute. So 6,000, way too cheap for him. 7,100 on DraftKings, also a priority play for me. Uh, and then as as far as other guys, there's nobody that I really love, but I'm going to get some exposure in tournaments to John Wall. We haven't really seen his minutes get fully unleashed since he missed some games due to a sore knee. But with that said, the last time out, he played 32 minutes, and that was the most he's played since January 10th. So 32 minutes from last game it was also the first time that he got over 30 minutes since coming back from his knee injury. Given the way they've slowly worked him back, I think that we could finally start to see Wall play, you know, totally unfiltered, just unrestricted, get his full workload. And as long as that's the case, there is some upside there. There is a little bit of risk just because I'm not totally confident he plays over 32 minutes, but just for the potential of the extended minutes and his price tag being a little bit cheaper than the way we've historically seen from John Wall. I think he's somebody I'm probably going to get to like five to 10% or so in tournaments. And, and that's really all I'm looking at from Houston right now. I want to know why our guy Jordan is writing about my all-time favorite player, Eddie House, in the YouTube chat right now. He's just going on and on about all of House's great accomplishments and, and what made him such a wonderful sharpshooter for all those years. So Cousins, all in on Cousins, obviously, with uh, Christian Wood out with the ankle, as we know. And like you said, appealed to John Wall. So no Eric Gordon. No, uh, no Victor Oladipo, Gordon, especially, you know, I, I know you didn't obviously highlight him, but looking at Alex's projections here, he's got him for 5.6 in terms of value at a projection of about 34 points, at least on DraftKings for 6K. So even still, at least as things sit right now, not, not a guy for you. No, not my initial builds. I, I didn't really have him in there. And one of the reasons also is, and also something that could, uh, that I could adjust as the day goes on, but at least as I see it now, um, if I'm going to assume that John Wall starts to play more minutes, and this could also be, I haven't really dug deep into Alex's numbers yet to see what he is different for me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But considering that I have John Wall expected to play more minutes today, this does two things to Eric Gordon. Number one, that's a, potentially a little bit less minutes for Eric Gordon to play with some of that playing time going to John Wall. The other thing also is the more that John Wall is on the court, that's the less usage that goes to Eric Gordon. So um, maybe I'll change those rates as the day goes on. But as it stands right now, Eric Gordon, who I've projected to score mid-20s fantasy points, isn't somebody that looks like I'm going to be getting to at his price point because I prefer John Wall. So if we find out other information about Wall that would make me say that he's going to play less, then I'd prefer Eric Gordon a little bit more. That would help him for me. But as it stands now, he's he's not somebody I'm, I'm all that interested in. All right, let's take a look at the home team then, the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, I mentioned some of the names, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, uh, Cody Zeller. I don't think any of these those guys are necessarily in the best spots as compared to some other guys that you could play tonight. Certainly, I want your opinion. You might argue from a value standpoint, based on what the production is too, P.J. Washington is the guy to go to on that uh, that side of this game. But how do you feel? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing we have to start with talking here is is what to make of LaMelo Ball now that he's locked into that starting uh, point guard role, it appears anyway. Because um, the last time we saw this team totally healthy, they started LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Devontae Graham all together. Uh, Devontae Graham also questionable to play right now. And so if he's out, then we know for sure that LaMelo is going to be starting. From what we've seen out of LaMelo th- thus far this season, he looks like an incredible fantasy producer. So as long as he's going to be starting, I I definitely want to get exposure to him. Uh, overall, now he's made four starts. He's averaging over 40 fantasy points per game in those starts. The price has come up a little bit, so it's not to the point where when he first started like a week ago and everybody's like, oh, we have to roster LaMelo Ball. It's not to the point where he's a lock player or anything like that, except definitely someone I'm going to get a significant amount of exposure to, assuming he starts. And also, uh, I'll be getting a little more exposure to him, bumping him up if uh, if Devontae Graham is out. Gordon Hayward, also somebody I want exposure to. Um, you know, what's funny is, so before the show started, we were talking about guys who who Boston let go and talking about Tom Brady and whatnot. Gordon mm-hmm. Hayward, I, if, if he was on the Celtics right now, he'd be their third best player, right? Gordon Hayward's been incredible this year. And it shouldn't surprise anybody, right? I mean, the, I, I think even Celtics fans saw this coming so long as he was healthy, which was the huge wild card his entire time in Boston. As long as he was healthy, he was going to be an all-star in Charlotte. That's how I felt. And he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. And if you looked at his numbers last year, when Tatum Walker and Brown roll off the court, it wasn't a massive sample size. That's a, a bunch of guys to pull off the court, but his, his numbers in that, in that, in, in those minutes he played without them was crazy. He had a ridiculously high usage rate off the top of my head. He averaged something like 30 points, eight rebounds and seven assists per 36 minutes with really good efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think in general, people, especially NBA Twitter, just don't like Gordon Hayward. So they're just like, oh, Gordon Hayward, what a terrible signing. And it was like, yeah, he's not necessarily a value at the contract they gave him, but it was still, he was going to be a good player this year. And that's been the case. I mean, the Hornets are in the playoff mix right now, right? If, if the season ended today, the Hornets would make the playoffs. And that that part of it is a little bit of a surprise, but Gordon Hayward's clearly been a big contributing factor to them. And another guy who, if Devontae Graham is out, we're going to have to see Gordon Hayward handle the ball a little bit more. There's a little bit more usage that goes towards him. So LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, both guys I want to get exposure to. P.J. Washington, I, I understand why he's projected well and I haven't projected too. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is what his playing time is going to look like because P.J. Washington was listed as questionable to play yesterday. He ended up playing, but this is now the tail end of a back-to-back. He also didn't play particularly well yesterday, so I'm not confident that he's totally 100% healthy. So given that his minutes were a little bit down yesterday, he didn't look 100%. This is the tail end of a back-to-back. I, I might manually downgrade him later in the day as we get closer to lock. 
Folks, smash that like button, hit the subscribe button here on the Osmo YouTube page. This is the NBA Strategy Show. There'll be a lot of great content coming your way throughout the course of this day, but do hit the like, hit the subscribe button, especially because you want those notifications when shows do go live here for Osmo and you want to be alerted to great giveaways and prizes and whatever it may be. So uh, join in, be part of the family, as I know so many of you already are the north of 50,000 subscribers. And soon enough, if you haven't already, you'll have Lafay uh, preaching the need to uh, get to 75K. You know, you just got to keep that train moving along. And uh, let's do that same thing here. Seven more games to cover. Washington and Chicago is the next one, my friend. And uh, you highlighted this earlier. Russell Westbrook very well may not play if he does and probably won't from a rest standpoint. If he were to, he's projected to be in a great spot. You know, Alex has him projected at uh, almost 6X value and uh, north of 50 points. But let's just say he doesn't play. Obviously, Bradley Beal becomes that much better a play on that side of the ball, and it becomes a real likely clash between Beal and Zach Levine on the other side. Beyond Bradley Beal, is there anyone else on Washington that does stand out to you? Like, who, who rises, I guess, you know, to the you know, top of the crop there when it comes to value from that standpoint, assuming Westbrook is not available. Sure. So I would have said it, it would be Ish Smith. However, Howell Neto is now back in the mix and it's probably going to be a time split of point guard between Ish Smith and Howell Neto. Uh, I have the the minutes, basically a 50, 50 split between them with a little bit of a lean towards Ish Smith. I have 26 minutes going to Ish Smith and then 22 minutes going to Howell Neto without them overlapping. And then also considering that since it's been expected that Russell Westbrook wouldn't play today because it's the tail end of a back-to-back. FanDuel and DraftKings have already priced up Ish Smith appropriately, so it's not like we're getting to roster him as a starting point guard for min price. He's 5,400 on the two sites. So considering that I don't expect him to be a guy who's going to play like 32, 33 minutes, and Ish Smith not a great points-per-minute fantasy producer, I don't have him projected all that well, even though I expect he's going to start a point guard and Russell Westbrook is going to be out. So that's really why the only guy I like all that much here is Bradley Beal. I think he's going to have a massive usage rate, which has been the case even with Russell Westbrook on the court. Uh, FanDuel, the price is about fair, but you look at the DraftKings price at 9000 and assuming that we don't have Russell Westbrook in there, uh, Bradley Beal is going to be definitely one of my favorite plays on DraftKings. The, the 9000 price point is way too cheap, even with Westbrook on the court, given what we've seen from this year. And then you take Westbrook off, and Bradley Beal, definitely somebody you want to build around on DK. For the home team, the sub-500 Bulls, you've got uh, Zach Levine, who, again, he's been pretty good lately. In fact, he's uh, been pretty good throughout the year. He's top 10 in the NBA in scoring. We're talking real points, not obviously fantasy points, but he's been a pretty good fantasy point contributor. In fact, uh, last time out or the time before that, he had more than 30 fantasy points just in the opening half. So he went kind of crazy there and then slowed down a little bit. But he is top of the heap here on this side, obviously projected for about 50 fantasy points on DraftKings by Alex. And uh, around him, there are other good options as well. There's Denzel Valentine. There's uh, Thomas Sadoransky. You could make a case certainly for Kobe White, uh, for Patrick Williams. So who do you like here for the Bulls? All right. So starting with the injuries that they're dealing with, we have Lori Markin in his doubtful play. Otto Porter is out. And then Wendell Carter Jr., he's been out for a while. He is going to continue to be out. Uh, so Zach Levine, obviously somebody who I have projected really well just in terms of fantasy points. But he's not a priority play for me just because of the position and the price on DraftKings. So on DK, if you're comparing Zach Levine to other guys in his price range, you're saying, would I rather roster Zach Levine or Bradley Beal? Because Zach Levine is 8900 on DK. Bradley Beal is 9000 for those salaries, I'd much rather roster Zach Levine than Bradley Beal. 
FanDuel is a different situation because Zach Levine is 8,800 on FanDuel and Bradley Beal is 10,800. So on FanDuel, I think that Zach Levine is definitely going to be a strong play for me. On DK, not so much because I'd rather roster Bradley Beal in the, in the same price range and at the same position. Uh, other guys on the team, Thaddeus Young has been really good lately. However, he's now priced up appropriately. In terms of a value play, Denzel Valentine is the guy that stands out the most to me. Uh, I was a little wrong on him the other day. The main reason being is that I didn't expect him to start and play a massive amount of minutes, and he did. He ended up he ended up starting with the injuries to Laurie Markkinen, to Otto Porter. He played 37 minutes, ended up scoring 33 fantasy points. As long as he's going to start again, I have to expect he's going to play well over 30 minutes in a favorable matchup against the Wizards. Uh, he, he's definitely the cheap play that I have the most interest in from Washington, from uh, Chicago, going up against Washington. Our friend Xdrop Rose is here in the chat. Uh, oh. just, yeah, I know. Big picture. Looking at looking at the slate as a whole says it's a stars and scrubs night for me. What do you think of that versus more balance? The majority of nights are, are stars and scrubs just because we, especially when we have uh, a, a big amount of games on a slate, there's always going to be players that get ruled out and then that just ends up making stars and scrubs the ideal build. Then you'd also consider that we have Bradley Beal with no Russell Westbrook. Not officially yet, but I'm assuming that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. We have LeBron James with no Anthony Davis. That makes him a, a, a premier option. And then we have, you know, Luka Doncic to pay up for. There's Giannis on the slate. So it just stands to reason that at least a couple of these guys are going to have big games. And then there's going to be value opening up because there's basically always value that opens up. So, yeah, we're going to want to prioritize getting in some of those stars into lineups and then alongside some of whatever the cheap value plays open up as the day goes on. Ryan says, amazing analysis on those first games. Nerd asked Greg Kaufman, you should announce some MLB the show for DK during the day. Your mad announcing during these early COVID days was heroic. Heroic, Greg. <laughs> You've been with me for some of that. Yeah, it's it's been a while. And I mean, thank God I'm not doing them anymore. But yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was it was fun. It was fun, some of them, but I uh, I definitely got burned out on them pretty quickly. Well, it was always a pleasure having you, obviously. And, yeah, you can you can continue to find those. But while we hang here doing uh, NBA strategy talk here, let's move on to the next game and get your questions in, be it in the YouTube chat or the Osmo Premium Slack channel. We're keeping an eye on both, including uh, a meme here that we got from uh, Sam Cassell Dance of, uh, well, I guess uh, a meme from Robert Ory, really. Robert Ory, the uh, seven-time NBA champion, put out the popular Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at one another. He put his head on one, Tom Brady's on the other. He said, welcome to the seven chip club. Uh, probably not viewed in the same historical light, Robert Ory and, uh, and Tom Brady, but it's true. You can't take those seven titles away from them. I mean, no, you can, except it's also, it's also one of the flaws with just arguing championships in terms of greatness of a player. Cause you can mm-hmm. just be in the right spot at the right time. And Robert Ory played a really big role in some of those championship teams yeah. for, big I mean, he had, he, he hit so many big shots for uh, for for the Lakers and for the Spurs, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still so much where it was just he was in the right spot at the right time. If Robert Ory is the the best player on a team, they're not going anywhere. That's the that's the reality of the situation, right? If Robert Ory is the best player on your team, you're winning like what ten games or something like that over the course <laughs> of the season. Uh, so he's he's not a Hall of Fame caliber player, but a Hall of Fame caliber career just in terms of the amount of success he had. So. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he's living it up and having a having a good time now. And he probably has a top shot moment of himself hitting corner threes. Listen, any time that, uh, you know, I'm sure there have been plenty of public speaking engagements, celebrity appearances. All it, all it has to say is Robert Ory, seven time NBA champion. That's it. That's all you need. I uh, just it's, it's off topic, but something that I was reading this morning that I just found interesting. Would you like to uh, 
wager a guess, my friend. Jordan, you can play too, or anyone in the chat for that matter. How many uh, cumulative total now that Tom Brady's part of the club? NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. So the the, the big four, if you will. How many players are part of the uh, the seven chip club? Guys who have at least seven championships. Eight. It's much higher. Uh, a thousand and six. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not uh, you overshot it a little bit. Twenty six, twenty six. In fact, there are eight Celtics alone from back in the you know fifties and sixties. Which I, all right, I, I I hate to crap on that, but there was like eight teams in the league then. So I there was so, a little less parity at that point in time. Yes, but and not not even in terms of just not even in terms of like the the league being imbalanced, but it's just there was eight teams in the league. It wasn't as hard to win championships when there's eight teams versus thirty teams. Sure. So I, I know people always complain about like, oh, should should the championship in the bubble count or something like that? Because it's it's different circumstances. Like all of them count, all of them have, you know, all of them have significance. But to pretend that it was harder to win championships in the 60s when there was eight teams in the league versus now when there's 30 teams, like it's a totally different scenario. So it's it's hard to compare championships to championships. So I shouldn't point out that Babe Ruth is also on that list? No, probably not. <laughs> I'll no, try but, and see what the number is for a uh, a more modern looking version. It's it's probably obviously much less. All right, next game that we've got here. It's Toronto and Memphis. We'll start on the Raptors side of the balls. That game is in Memphis. You got Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, both projected to have good nights at uh, north of forty fantasy points. You've got some value. There there is you know some in here certainly. Aaron Baines, uh, Chris. Uh, Boucher, there's, you know, Kyle Lowry's not value per se. He's basically priced the same as Siakam. I guess if you're going to stay at that big three, first of all, and you're looking at Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, who do you like? Relative to price, none of them. And the reason being is this is going to go back to uh, Extra Op Rose's point from before. It looks like a Stars and Scrubs slate. And we assume there's going to be value because there's always value that opens up. And there's so many guys that we want to roster on the high end that I look at the salaries for guys like Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet, which have gone up as of late because of how well these guys have played. So do I want to pay around 8,000 for some of these guys when for a couple thousand dollars more, I could get to LeBron James when on, when Bradley Beal on DraftKings, the price difference between him and Fred Van Fleet is $500. And I have to prioritize Bradley Beal by a really wide margin. I have Bradley Beal projected for like 15 more fantasy points than Fred Van Fleet. And there's only $500 salary difference between the two of them. So you consider that. And it's, it's, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to roster the Toronto players. It's not to say that they can't have big games, but relative to the construct of the slate, the opportunity cost of rostering them, I don't really think they make much sense. So the top three guys on Toronto, it doesn't look like they're going to be priority plays for me or guys that I may not even get to at all. All right, so digging down some of the guys that I mentioned before, Boucher, Baines, uh, Norman Powell, if you want to include him. How do you feel about that group? Uh, I have a mild amount of interest in Chris, uh, in Chris Boucher and GPPs. His minutes have been ridiculous this year and been so hard to predict. When he's on the court, he's he's crushed, and he's been a great points per minute fantasy producer. But it's so hard to know what his minutes are going to be because – He's gone from somebody who was barely in the rotation to a key part of the rotation to looking like he was going to be one of the most improved players in the league to all of a sudden falling out of the Raptors rotation entirely. So just a, just a week ago, here was, here was the minutes for Chris Boucher in, in four games, 13 minutes, 14 minutes, 18 minutes, 19 minutes. And then he started to say like, oh, what happened to Chris Boucher? Is he starting to fall out of favor in, in Toronto? And then the last two games, 27 minutes and 33 minutes. 
that's such a wide swing, and it's hard to know why it was that his minutes changed so much that it means he has upside at his price point because he's not priced where he should be. He's either too expensive or he's too cheap, meaning if he gets 30 minutes, he's going to far out, he's going to far exceed what his salary point is. If he goes back to playing 14 minutes again, then he's probably going to suck for his price point. Given that there's been so much variance in his minutes, it's hard to say exactly what it's going to be. But for that reason, I also think it's worth getting exposure to him in GPPs. I wouldn't roster him in cash games, uh, but I think I think getting somewhere around 15% of Chris Boucher or so, I think my initial run had him, uh, it was like 14% on DraftKings or something similar around FanDuel. To me, I think that's kind of where I want to be around Chris Boucher. If he has a big game, I want to have exposure to it, but I want to be so overexposed to him to the point where if we see the 15 minutes again, which I think is a real possibility, I don't want to get screwed by that either. So there's so much variance in the minutes, but that also leads to upside. So Chris Boucher is the primary play for me from Toronto and in tournaments, I like the upside. Tell you all the time, going to keep telling you that you can get all the great access to the Osmo Plus tools and of course content for nearly every DFS sport out there with the Osmo Plus weekly pass. It's just $29.95. See, not even 30 bucks a week. It includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including Player projections, which I've been highlighting plenty. Ownership projections, Greg has mentioned a lot of those. Our premium Slack channel and so much more. And we are keeping an eye on the premium Slack for all of your thoughts, questions, concerns, comments, whatever it may be relating to tonight's slate here in the NBA. If you are only looking to play NBA, that's okay. Sign up now for the weekly NBA package. That is basically half the price, only $16.95. So I encourage you to go over and do so. It'll certainly help you build some lineups, go out, take it to your friends. It's a fun time. Uh, going over to the Memphis side of the ball here, staying with this same game, you have uh, John Morant at the top, Jonas Valanciunas, Kyle Anderson. Uh, I wonder, though, if if you're more inclined to play anyone from this game. It's it's more Anderson, who I just mentioned. It's Dylan Brooks. It's Xavier Tillman, guys like that, not necessarily those you know upper echelon guys. Not really. Uh, so the, the the main thing to, to focus on here is that Jonas Valanciunas, who – Hadn't played a game in a really long time. I think the last time he had played uh, was like January 10th or something like that. He had tested positive for COVID. Then we also had Memphis was forced to miss a bunch of games uh, because of the positive COVID test. So he played last game for the first time since it was January 16th. He came off the bench, played 24 minutes. It was a limited action for Jonas Valanciunas. It looks like they're slowly ramping him back up. But there's two things that happened with him back in the mix. Number one, he's not playing enough minutes to be viable himself because he still has minutes restriction. But still, everybody else on the team is priced up from extra production they had while Jonas Valanciunas was out. So now we have guys who are going to see less usage. They're going to get less playing time. Talking about guys like Gorgie Jang, Xavier Tillman, Desmond Bain, and then even some of the other starters, there's less usage to go around to Jean Morant and Kyle Anderson. So these guys are, are going to be seeing less playing time in the front court, and then Valanciunas himself isn't viable because of the minutes restriction. So it takes everybody out of front court out of consideration for me. Looking at the, the, uh, Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say comment in the YouTube chat from Alvin says, uh, Adam, that's right. Me, but I'm going to ask you, Adam, is there a specific game I should stack or does stacking not work in the NBA? Uh, My general thoughts on that, Greg, and, and obviously I defer to you here as, uh, the uh, the expert, the analyst, but I, I generally don't like it unless a game either has one, a massive point total or two, you know, you've, you've last minute got some some really big names that are ruled out and you just know that 
there's so much value in a game like OKC recently that it's hard to stay away from because guys are just priced so cheap and they're in excellent spots. But normally I don't really like chasing that correlation. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the situation. For tonight's slate, there isn't a need to. I think there's uh, a lot of value in players that are viable from a bunch of different teams. If there's a slate where we have like the Oklahoma City Thunder the other day where all of a sudden it's like, hey, guess what? The Thunder only have eight active players and they've ruled out half of the rotation. Then all of a sudden there's a bunch of obvious value on the Thunder. So I want to get exposure to them. And then it becomes a much easier matchup for who they're going up against. So in that situation, I'm not necessarily forcing myself to stacks. except it's going to happen naturally when I'm just building lineups based on my projections. That uh, doesn't really apply to this slate. Uh, but there also there isn't a one size fits all. Like everybody wants one strategy where it's like this is the perfect strategy to play on every single slate. That's not the case. Like people say, do I want to go stars and scrubs today? Do I want to build in the mid range? And every slate is different. There's not one answer that works for every slate. So there are situations where it makes sense to game stack. This isn't going to be one of those slates for me. Uh, from Bert, and we haven't obviously covered all these players to this point, but more of a big picture question says uh, I can get Beal and Dejounte Murray. For Collins and Brogdon in my 10-team head-to-head points league, is that a dub? I mean, don't don't build lineups. Like we've got what do we have here? We've got like 12 ad, uh trying to nine hours until lock or something like that. <laughs> like, don't don't we don't know who the we don't know who the don't, don't mess know who around the that stuff yet. I mean, we don't we don't know who's in yet. We don't know who the best plays are. Like I'm giving this, I'm giving like a summation right now of the first look of these are the guys that project well for me. This is what I expect from the slate. But I mean, if you're trying to build lineups this far in advance, uh, I think you're getting a little bit too far ahead of yourself. That's why you want to tune into live before lock and all that great stuff exactly. coming up later on in the day. Uh, Minnesota and Dallas, my friend, as we know, Luka Doncic coming off a 42 point performance. He was awesome. But let's start with Minnesota. So. You know, no Carl Anthony Towns. That will continue to be a factor here. You could Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, is are you going to look all the way down to him, or, or are you actually interested in D'Angelo Russell and in Malik Beasley, Nas Reed, guys like that? Yeah. So I think this is when we kind of have to kick down the can until later in the day because right now we have uh, D'Angelo Russell is listed as questionable to play. He's been listed as questionable basically every game for the last three weeks, but he's also been in and out of the lineup. There's some games that he's played, some games he's been out. So the questionable tag, I don't really know what to make of it. He might play. He might not play. I don't have a good read on it. Uh, he's been dealing with that quad injury for a while. It also seems like they've been wanting to rest him whenever they get the opportunity to. So obviously, if he's in or if he's out, that makes a, a massive difference in the in the rotation. If he's out, then Malik Beasley becomes somebody who gains a lot in terms of usage and production. So he'd be somebody I'm looking at. In the front court, we have, like you mentioned, you know, Jared Vanderbilt. There's Nas Reed. These are guys who've had some big games. However, Juancho Hernan Gomez, he also uh, had tested positive for COVID, and he's working his way back. He's cleared the protocols now, except the only reason he missed last game is because his conditioning isn't up to par yet. So I don't know what to expect from him either. I don't know if he plays. I don't know if he's out. I don't know how many minutes he's going to play. If he gets minutes, he could potentially start, and that would take away from both Jared Vanderbilt and Nas Reed. He could end up coming off the bench and say, hey, we're only going to give him 10 minutes. That would still mean that we could see Vanderbilt start and put up you know, a, a pretty decent fantasy game. But overall, the situation where I feel like I don't have enough information to know who the best fantasy plays are. Ryan says, aloha, awesome, awesome O family. Shoot, what time is it in Hawaii right now? Isn't it like before five in the morning? Yeah, who's that, Reed Fowler? <laughs> yeah, Reed T. Fowler checking in just to say aloha. 
under the pseudonym and alias Brian. So for Dallas here, as we know, Luke is in a great spot. He's also 11K on DraftKings, but he is projected for almost 60 fantasy points, which is just wild. Not to say he couldn't get there, but to expect a guy to get there. Otherwise, you view him as a pseudo bust in your lineup is is kind of crazy, but that kind of salary dictates that. Chris Stapps Porzingis is probably in mild consideration for you. Maxi Kleber is, is in a good spot, especially as a pay down option. Um, really, that's kind of it, right? I mean, is anyone else jumping out at you? No, so here's here's the thing with Dallas is so much of the usage is going towards Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic now that there's nothing really left for anybody else on the roster. So all the production goes to those two guys. Um, on the high end, Luka's definitely going to priority play for me on this slate. A uh, really favorable matchup against the Timberwolves, like I referenced at the top of the show when we are talking about his playing time as of late. With the Mavericks struggling now getting to a point where they're outside of the playoff uh, picture, and it's a it's a shortened season. And not only is the season only expected to be 72 games, we don't even know for sure that it's going to be 72 games. There's been a bunch of games that have been canceled. The NBA hasn't even released the second half of the season. So I think any team that we're seeing right now, whether it be the Mavericks, the Heat, teams that thought they were locks to make the playoffs entering the season, and it doesn't look to be the case anymore, these are teams who are well below 500. And if they all of a sudden find out a month from now that the season's only going to be 60 games instead of 72 games, then they're in a really tough spot. So I think that's why we're seeing some of these teams that are, are struggling a little bit, start to give their their key players more minutes. And that's why Luca the last four games, 38 minutes in three of those four games. Luca, it looks like we could expect him to play more minutes than we saw from him last year, than we saw from him earlier in the season. That makes him somebody who's a high-priority play for me, especially because I have him projected for more fantasy points than anybody else on the slate. So Luca definitely somebody I want to get to. Porzingis, uh, better play for me on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings because of the uh, defensive stats and also just the power forward position a little bit harder to fill on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings. Uh, Maxi Kleber, I think, makes for a decent value play on DK uh, at 4,500 because of what we've seen from his minutes recently. Uh, the price has come up a little bit, but also played 32 minutes last game. He's played over 30 minutes in two of the last three games. If we could get 30-plus minutes from Maxi Kleber, then at 4,500, he's he's definitely going to be somebody that I get to in some of my lineups. El Negro Loco in the chat says, Beardless Adam, what did you just get here? You get get after it last night? We're more than halfway through the show. El Negro Loco. Uh, Steven says, Brunson's not a terrible play. How do you feel about Brunson? Uh, Brunson, I don't have projected particularly well. Let me see why. Um, yeah, so the last three or last four games for Brunson, 21 minutes, 24 minutes, 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Uh, he has had some games where he's played well, except it's also because of really really good efficiency so he had 28 fantasy points against the warriors uh that was a game also where he got extended run in garbage time we normally see from he shot six of nine from the field the game before that he scored 24 fantasy points against atlanta shot five of eight from the field so overall we're seeing from jalen brunson right now is not significant minutes and the usage isn't all that high it's just if he has a good game it's because he's hitting 70 percent of his shots from the field which is something i can't project to happen so given the reduced minutes for brunson unless we find out he's back to starting I, I can't get to him uh, just because there isn't enough playing time or usage for him. When he was viable a couple weeks ago, it was because the the Mavericks had a shortened roster. They were dealing with some injuries and Brunson was starting, but that was also because they had uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, and somebody else was out due to COVID for them. They have everybody back now. This is really the first time we've seen the Mavericks healthy all season. They've been playing with an eight, nine-man rotation for a lot of the year, now we're finally seeing this team at full health, which is something we haven't really seen a lot of. And that's going to mean these role players are going to be really spreading around some minutes and, and usage. 
David wants to know how you feel about Richardson. Uh, Josh Richardson, if I had to roster one of the role players on, on Dallas, it would be him. Uh, but thankfully, there is no rule that I have to roster one of the role players on Dallas. I think there's going to be better value plays that open up on the slate. Uh, Josh Richardson, I have him projected for um, 24 fantasy points right around there right now. It's a little different on FanDuel and DraftKings, but just mm-hmm. uh, roundabouts 24 across FanDuel and DraftKings. So that doesn't make him necessarily an awful play for his price, but still he's 4700 on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, he is... Um, see what's the salary on it's it's right around the same um if only i could sort five thousand on DraftKings. so at those prices it just makes it about a fair price like if you roster him i wouldn't i wouldn't yell at you and say that's the worst play in the world you have to take him out of your lineups but at the same time too i'm not building lineups and saying like i need to have josh ribson i mean it, it's just a fair price all right boys and girls stay up to date with the latest nba dfs news do so not only with the osmo twitter handle but the osmo nba Twitter handle. Our guy News God will be delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, and more daily before lock. So make sure you give Osmo NBA a follow. It is at Osmo NBA. Check out the News God's Twitter handle as well at News God underscore DFS. That's N E W Z God. I think you can spell that underscore DFS. And catch Ship My Money's deep dive article, which is free this season to prepare for the slate. It is a must read if you are playing NBA DFS tonight. Truly, I love reading it. And it is, I mean, just seems like an exhausting article to put together because it is an insanely deep dive on uh, every single game, every single team playing both sides. It's just, it's wild. You've, you know, filled in, written that article before. So you know how much uh, goes into that, obviously. So make sure you do check that out. We are halfway through covering the slate and we got about 20 minutes left in the program. So let's keep going. Golden State and Dallas, and uh, after a 57-point showing for Steph Curry for Golden State, let's start on that side of the ball. Obviously, you have Steph at the top, uh, you know, of the pricing, 10300 bucks on DraftKings, projected for north of five, uh, rather 50 fantasy points. Uh, might make more sense, quite frankly, to, you know, pay down for guys like Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre, at least on DK, for, uh, you know, some significant value. Draymond Green, if he's appealing to you, is projected for north of 30. That, you know, I know occasionally he goes off, but he's never appealing to me on DraftKings. Uh, but, um, you know, is, are, are you going to go to some of those mid-tier guys, Wiggins and Oubre, or do you like to pay up for Steph here? No, I don't really like anybody on the Warriors. And I keep running into this situation with Steph Curry slates where I see Steph Curry in a favorable matchup. I go, oh, I would like to roster Steph Curry. And then I start to build my lineups, and there's always players I like more than Steph Curry. He was really good last game. I mean, he was more than really good. He torched Dallas, ended up scoring yeah, 75, 75 fantasy points. points. Yeah. In general, though, it hasn't really killed me too much. And once again, this is going to be a slate where there's just other guys I prefer. We have LeBron James without Anthony Davis. There's Luka Doncic in a really good spot. There's Bradley Beal without Russell Westbrook. So I look at some of these other guys, and once again, I'm in the same situation where it's like, I would like to get to Steph Curry, but it's an eight-game slate. There's a whole lot of options, and he's not going to be a priority play for me. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to have 0% of Steph Curry, but I'm almost certainly going to be underweight to the field on him. And I'm going to prioritize getting to Bradley Beal on DraftKings. I'm going to prioritize getting to LeBron James on FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, Nicole Jokic is somebody I'm going to want to pay up for over Steph Curry. Uh, Giannis, who isn't really that much more expensive than than Steph Curry on DraftKings. Giannis is 10,900. Steph Curry is 10,300. I have Giannis project for a lot more fantasy points than Steph Curry. So I'm in the same situation I've been in for the last like 10 warrior slates where I look at it, it's like I would like to have up I would like to have exposure to Steph Curry. He's one of the best players in the league. He has really big upside. 
but I keep finding myself in these situations where there's other guys priced around him that I prefer. And that's once again, the case today. Folks hit the like button here on YouTube and uh, hit the subscribe button as well. We've got a little more than 100 likes and North of 600 people watching the math. It just doesn't check out. Smash that like. Let's get to 150, even 200 before the end of the program. You look on the San Antonio side and we do have some interesting news concerning Oklahoma city and we'll get there. But first for San Antonio, uh, you have, as far as Alex's projections, again, Alex Baker, our own Osmo, has uh, it basically, if you're priced at 4K and above, you're in a great value spot for the Spurs tonight. DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, uh, Derek White, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, guys like that. Who do you like? Yeah, so uh, let's talk about some of the injuries here and why some of these guys project well. Lonnie Walker is out. That's going to open up some extra playing time in the backcourt for the Spurs. And then we have LaMarcus Aldridge. He's dealing with a hip injury. He's missed the last couple of games. He's out. When he's off the court, DeMar DeRozan scores about seven more fantasy points per 36 minutes, takes on a a lot of added usage. So DeMar DeRozan, he makes for a good play. Also a favorable matchup against the Warriors. They have one of the weaker defenses in the NBA. So DeMar DeRozan, or actually I shouldn't say they have one of the weaker defense in the NBA. That hasn't really been the case, but they've been a favorable matchup because they have about a league average defense and they also play at a fast pace. So for those reasons, DeMar DeRozan winds up in a good spot with the added usage with Marcus Aldridge out. DeJounte Murray, a stronger play for me on DraftKings than FanDuel. He's priced sub 7K on DK. Uh, We've seen that be the case for him quite a bit recently, and it's just not uh, the proper price tag for him. He's had a couple of bad games over, over the last week, but on the whole, DeJounte Murray's been terrific this year, and I think he's somebody who should be priced in the mid 7K, maybe even low 8K range. So DeJounte Murray is somebody I'm going to want to get to a little bit, at least on DraftKings. Uh, other players, Keldon Johnson, a stronger player for me on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings. Uh, at small forward eligibility, he is priced at uh, 5300 and I haven't projected for nearly 30 fantasy points, so that makes him one of the better values at the small forward position. Uh, other guys, if Derek White starts, I'm going to end up liking him a lot. It's a little hard to know what to do with his minutes just because he missed the start of the year with a toe injury. Then he played one game. He re-aggravated the injury and ended up missing time again. And they've been a little bit conservative with his playing time since then, but it's slowly been ramping up. So since coming back, we've seen 21 minutes from, from Derek White over the last three games and 25 minutes and 29 minutes. So considering he played 29 minutes and started last game, as long as he draws another start and we find out that that minutes restriction is expected to be lifted, then I think he's going to be somebody that ends up being a pretty good value for me on DraftKings because the price hasn't quite caught up to what I think his increased role is going to be. So 5,100 for him right now, uh, as, as long as he, like I said, as long as he remains starting, there's no real tight minutes restrictions on him, then I'm going to expect over 30 minutes from him, and that's going to make him a really strong play on DK. Thank you all for your birthday wishes on YouTube in the chat. <laughs> not actually my birthday, but it is something we do here, so I appreciate that. Rui, if I'm saying that right, and I'm probably not, says hello from Portugal. Awesome. We're international, baby. Thanks for being with us. A few more games to go. Cleveland and Phoenix to start this thing off here. And, uh, you know, Andre Drummond oftentimes, obviously, is a, a tough guy to stay away from on uh, really any slate because you just know that he's the guy there for Cleveland and with the double, double, uh, you know, regularity and reliability and, and always a possibility of the 2020 game, you know, that he is a potential beast out there still. Is he someone you want tonight? Uh, I have a moderate amount of interest in him in tournaments. DeMarcus Cousins is a higher priority center play for me on both FanDuel and DraftKings. But I want to get a little bit of exposure to Andre Drummond just in case he gets big minutes. His minutes have been really difficult to predict ever since they mm-hmm. traded for Jared Allen because 
Sometimes Andre Drummond plays the bulk of the center minutes. Sometimes Jared Allen plays them. Sometimes it's a timeshare where they both get uh, like 24 minutes or it's like a 26-22 split. So because there is the chance that Andre Drummond plays 30 minutes, which we have seen the last couple of games, when he gets those kind of minutes, he has big upside, but he also has big bust potential because the playing time is far from guaranteed. Uh, For the upside, I'll have some exposure to Andre Drummond in tournaments. I wouldn't roster him in cash games. Uh, The rest of the Cleveland team, I'm not really going to be interested in. Um, There is no Larry Nance, uh, but that doesn't really change a whole lot at this point because he's missed a bunch of games as of late. Uh, Darius Garland and Colin Sexton have generally been good plays in the backcourt, but Phoenix is one of the better defense in the league against defending opposing backcourts. The main reason being is that Chris Paul is one of the best defensive players in the league from the point guard position. And he limits a lot of the production from the guys he goes up against. So uh, Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, not guys I'm interested in. The only thing I'm looking at here is Andre Drummond as, as an upside GPP play that I have basically no confidence in getting playing time now. Definitely more appeal on the other side. Chris Paul, who you just mentioned, he's in a good spot, projected for about five and a half X value uh, from uh, Alex. Chris Paul, he's 40 plus points on DraftKings as the projections things stand right now. You can pay down ever so slightly to a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Appears to be in a good spot. Bridges is in a good spot if you want to keep paying down to that 5K range, 4K range. Frank Kaminsky might be in the best spot of all of them, not necessarily, obviously, with the ceiling, but as a uh, just as a value play. What do you think here for Phoenix? Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot of interest in the Suns. Uh, so Chris Paul had a stretch of really good games. However, we have to consider that was when Devin Booker was out. Since Devin yeah. Booker's come back, Chris Paul has been nearly as effective, and it's something we've seen a lot this year is they kind of cannibalize each other's production. When they're on the court together – it's two ball dominant players. The usage goes down for both of them. And it's, it's been tough for both of them to find upside. So on the whole, I just find it easy to avoid Chris Paul and Devin Booker when both of them are healthy. As for the other guys in the front court. Yeah. Frank Kaminsky started the last couple of games. However, Jay Crowder missed last game. He's now questionable play Dario Sarge, who's been out for a lot of the season uh, due to COVID. He's also had an ankle injury. He's questionable to play campaign could also be back in the mix. That doesn't directly impact Frank Kaminsky, but still, if Jay Crowder and Dario Sarge are both healthy tonight, I think they're going to jump Frank Minsky in the in the rotation. So the there, there isn't really anything I think makes for a good a good fantasy option from Phoenix. All right, let's keep going. About ten minutes left. Get your questions in if you have them here. And again, smash that like. Appreciate you. Milwaukee and Denver first for the Bucks. Giannis probably not in the best spot when you know you've got Luca and you've got LeBron without AD and Bradley Beal without Westbrook and guys like that. Still, obviously, I want to know how you feel about him. Beyond that, there's Chris Middleton if you want to pay down about three K. Um, other than that, I don't see a whole lot of value here that would appeal to me. How do you feel about Giannis and Middleton? Yeah, so I'm not going to get no exposure to Giannis, uh, but it's not going to be a significant it's amount like either. A triple negative, I think. What's that? I'm not going to get no exposure to Giannis. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get zero exposure to Giannis. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get zero. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get a significant amount either. Here's the issue. He is almost always a high upside play, but we have to compare him to the other guys, which you kind of did a little bit there. And he's not a priority play when you consider that Luka Doncic is on the slate, LeBron James without Anthony Davis. There's Bradley Beal at nine thousand on DraftKings without Russell Westbrook. I would prioritize Giannis over Bradley Beal on FanDuel. But still, consider that I definitely have LeBron ahead of him. I definitely have Luka Doncic ahead of him. And that makes it hard for me to prioritize Giannis in what is a somewhat tough matchup against the Denver Nuggets playing in Denver. Uh, So it's just a spot kind of like how I felt about Steph Curry. 
yeah, there's obvious upside to Giannis because he's Giannis and he's the best points per minute fantasy producer in the league. But even so, there's only there's only so many players I could I could put into my lineups, and Giannis is probably going to be somebody who I only end up getting to. I don't know off the top of my head, probably somewhere in like the five to ten percent range, just because I have other guys that I'm prioritizing over him. So, like I said, I ain't going to get none of them, but I'm not going to get I'm not going to get a ton either. So, other guys I prefer a little bit, uh, Chris Middleton who's been priced a little bit down versus where he was early in the year. He was somebody who was priced over 8,000, 7,200 on FanDuel. That's an appealing price point and somewhere similar on, uh, on DraftKings, yeah, 7,500. So uh, the guy I'm going to get the most exposure to from Milwaukee in this matchup is Chris Middleton, just because of where he's priced. Now, how about on the other side for uh, Denver? And I know you obviously have Nick Jokic and the guy's always a threat for 60, 70, 80 points, and he's projected for north of 50 here, but not in the best spot as, again, compared to some of the other guys that are out there that you alluded to before. So he's kind of similar to Giannis in that respect, unless, I don't know, you buy into the narrative, these guys are just going to go mano a mano, and they're both going to go off like we've seen in in some games before. How do you feel about him? How do you feel about that side of the ball in general? Because I just don't see much here for Denver. Yeah, it's another. This is another spot where I think we need a little bit more information. Jamal Murray is questionable to play. This is not necessarily uh, important, but Campazzo uh, is also questionable to play. If he's out, it does create a few extra minutes because he's been in the rotation as of late. And then if we have Jamal Murray out, where we'd also say that that's going to create extra minutes in the backcourt, one of the guys who would soak up some of those minutes would be Campazzo. But if Jamal Murray is out and Campazzo is also out, then we're in a then we're looking at a spot where Monty Morris probably has to play 35 minutes and would become a really strong play. So uh, another spot where to find the value here, we need a little bit more information because Jamal Murray, the second best player on the team, plays a massive role both in terms of playing time and usage. And I hope he just plays because Nikola Jokic becomes a really strong play then if if Jamal Murray's out and that. I don't want there to be too many options on the slate, which it seems like we kind of become uh, at, at risk of happening if Jamal Murray's ruled out, because then I want to get to Jokic also. And I've already talked about all these other high-end guys that I want to get exposure to. And Jokic right now isn't one of those guys, but he would have to be one of them if Jamal Murray doesn't play. We've got a super chat here from Jeremiah. Joker, Valentine, a good core for the DK $500,000 Mega 8S $888 entry, since Murray most likely would be out again. Monty Morris, good value as well. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think that Murray's most likely out. I think he's questionable, and I, I think his status is up in the air. I agree that if he does not play, then Monty Morris and Nikola Jokic both become really strong plays. However, if he's in, then neither of them are really high priorities for me. So it's it's something where... You know, hopefully we get the information later in the day before the slate starts. But this game, let's see. This, I mean, this game, this game locks in 11 hours. So it, it makes it a little hard for me to know We're for sure. Some what, things between now and then you're saying? Yeah, something could change. Who knows? But yeah, if if, if Murray's out, then definitely Jokic and, and Monty Morris are strong plays. I just don't know for sure that's going to be the case as of now. Will Cooper says, uh, hey, Adam, Greg, I just bought the weekly pass for NBA. Thank you for that, by the way. Is there a video as a guide? Uh depending on what he's looking for yeah i mean there's videos for everything i just don't know exactly what it is he's looking for uh but if he's in if he's in slack or if he follows me on twitter just dm me and i'll i'll send him videos beautiful you got to promote yourself right you got to you got to give the twitter handle i know it's on the screen but maybe someone's listening and not reading 
All right. Well, for for anybody who's illiterate, or if they, yeah, because that's also possible. Like, I mean, who who of me to just assume that every all of our listeners are readers, right? Who knows, yeah, right? They, well, they could they also might. just be, you know, driving and and listening and making mental notes, not staring at our ugly mugs. Yeah. Oh, please, we're, we're beautiful, Coffin. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, at GRMB DFS, and just just DM me. I'm I'm needy and codependent. I'll answer all all of your questions. <laughs> And then just go back and forth yeah, for an oh, hour. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to the last game here before we wrap up. And uh, might be the most interesting in some ways, too. The Thunder and Lakers. Now, obviously, for L.A., we mentioned it. No A.D., so we'll get to LeBron. But for the Thunder side first, uh, and and this came out this morning, uh, uh, well, reminded this morning. It came out last night. But Maladon, uh, Muscala, uh, Roby, they are all out for OKC as things stand. And uh, I, I guess I would be weary of, of anything changing and, and this game just getting canceled due to uh, not having enough guys. As things stand, the Thunder will only have eight available players tonight. So that is the minimum. So provided this game happens, you got SGA, you got Diallo who has been crazy. You got Horford who had a good game the other night. You got Williams uh, as a good pay down option. Justin Jackson as well. Uh, Dort, who uh, you don't necessarily want to, I mean, this, we were asked the question earlier, Greg, about how do you feel about stacking games? Is this a game? Is this a team that you would want to stack? So here's the difference though, with the Thunder now versus the Thunder a few days ago, a lot of these guys are priced up. So we had a couple of days ago, Kenrich Williams was min price. Justin Jackson was min price. Uh, Dort the other day, he was 3,700 on FanDuel. Diallo was priced at 4,200 or something like that on FanDuel and DraftKings these guys no longer have those price tags. It doesn't mean that these aren't guys I want to get to, but this isn't a game where it's like, oh, I need to have 80% exposure to Hamidi Diallo. I need to have a whole bunch of uh, like Darius Baisley because the prices have now already gone up for the situation before. And then I don't know what the deal is. The health and safety stuff with the NBA is so goofy. So Maladon two games ago missed because of the COVID protocols. He played the next game and now he's out again. None of this makes any sense to me. I don't understand how that's the case. Uh, But anyway, yeah, to your point, we have eight players active for the Thunder. We have Miller, Dort, Jackson, Williams, Horford, Baisley, Diallo, and SGA. Uh, It's a tough matchup against the Lakers. Really, to an extent, all of these guys make a little bit of sense. The priority play for me is going to be Kenrich Williams on the cheap end because I assume he's going to start. He started the last uh, couple of games. He is 4,400 on DraftKings, and he is 4,500 on DK. Not as appealing as a price of what, as when he was a min price, but still, if he's going to continue to start and play a significant amount of minutes, which he kind of has to when they only have eight active players, uh, last two games he played 30 and 36 minutes. If we're going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 minutes for Kenrich Williams, then then yeah, he's going to be somebody to get exposure to. And I never would have thought that I'd be rostering Kenrich Williams at 4,500 a couple of weeks ago, but this is what happens when we have eight-man rotations due to COVID. All right, last team, that is the Lakers here. LeBron without AD, a lot of people want to know just how you feel. Is it a LeBron night, you know, without, uh, you know, as compared to some of the other top stars around the NBA, just because he's not going to be competing with Anthony Davis in terms of uh, any sort of volume and production? And uh, how do you feel about some of the value guys who now are thrust into better spots? Guys like, um, you know, Dennis Schroeder, uh, obviously is half the price of LeBron. Kyle Kuzma, if you're looking for another uh, bigger guy, a la AD. Montrez Harrell, more to the point, obviously another true center. Mark Gasol, if you want to pay way down for him, uh, you know, what stands out here for you? Uh, LeBron for sure. And then some of the other peripheral players, I would think I would. It, it seems at first I would have more interest in them, but then I 
end up building lineups. And at least as of now, the only one I've really get to is Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is almost certainly going to be starting in place of Anthony Davis. Whenever AD has missed a game so far this year, Kuzma has started. He's made five starts, uh, playing 30 minutes per game in those starts and averaging 27 fantasy points. So at his price point on FanDuel and DraftKings, Kyle Kuzma is somebody that I'm going to want to get to. He is 4,900 on DK, 5,200 uh, 5, on DK, and 4,900 on FanDuel. I'm going to have him projected for close to 30 fantasy points. So that makes him one of the stronger value options on the slate as it currently stands. All right. Want to remind you folks, if you're not able to watch your favorite Osmo shows on YouTube, shame on you, but that's okay. We're here and you can always find us, be it on replay on, uh, on YouTube, but also Osmo has uh, a great podcast network available to you. Podcast for every sport available on every major platform. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the latest. And once you are there, drop a five-star rating and a review with your Twitter handle or your Osmo username included, you could win a free week of Osmo Plus. So you don't even have to pay for it that week. It's terrific. We'll be giving away a free Osmo Plus pass every single week to the person who submits our favorite review. People are reading these. So good luck. Be nice. And, uh, you know, again, you want something for free. It should probably go without saying to be nice. Coming up over the course of this day, you know, it's not just this show. You, there's a, As Greg said earlier, I mean, start to build some dummy lineups and, and have some fun and experiment a little bit. I wouldn't lock anything in here before we've even reached noon Eastern time, several hours away from lineup lock tonight, most games starting at eight or after. Uh, but the good news is there's a lot of knowledge coming your way over the course of the day. There's the PGA DFS first look at 2 PM NHL strategy show at three lineups lock in the NHL at seven tonight, five 30. You got the tip off brand new program, uh, four 30, pardon me. And then at five, you will have uh, NBA Deeper Dive, 6 NBA Live Before Lock, 8.30 NBA uh, Late Slate Live Before Lock. So there's just a ton, a ton of NBA content, hours of it coming up over the course of the day, Greg. Yeah, definitely. And that is all the more reason to follow us uh, on our YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe to the channel. In addition to liking the video, of course, because if you follow us, you'll find out when all of these shows go live and also, we have to thank Jordan Klein, who does all the perusing before us, because people don't realize, because they don't see Jordan on camera. Jordan works really 28 Always. hours a day. Oh, yeah. 28 hours a day. It's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. If we're doing a show, Jordan's behind there producing. He drinks coffee in the background, all that, because he doesn't sleep. He's not allowed to. It's in his contract. He gets he gets demerits if he goes to sleep ever. So, guys, Jordan Klein, let's give it up for him. Yeah, Jordan, uh, you need to remember, if we're at 171 likes right now. You have to smash the like button. You got to do it. You got to smash the like button. If there's there's something, it's like the fine print, but there's something in Jordan's contract. If we don't get to 200 likes at the end of an hour show without fail, no matter the topic, whoever's hosting, pistol whipped for like an hour. You don't yeah. need any of that to happen. Smash the like button. Get us to 200. We greatly appreciate it. We are rapidly approaching, and thank you all for watching. Thank you all for the kind words here in the chat and uh, the Osmo Premium Slack channel. As Greg uh, will be with you later on in the day. Where, when can people find you? Yeah, I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the tip off today, at 4:30 to five. And also, yeah, like the video, or else uh, Jordan gets an Anderson Silva front kick to the face, and it, it knocks him out. So we don't want that to happen again. Like the video. Nobody needs that. All right, hit the like. Thanks to Greg. I am Kaufman. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. Greg will talk to you about 15 times before that. And Jordan will be producing every single program as long as he's still standing. Talk to you soon. Almost there, Jordan. 188. You getting nervous?